0: Welcome to Fur What It's Worth. Wait, wait, we're doing this thing? Mm.
1: An introduction to and exploration of the
0: furry fandom. I just want you to know that you're all perverts. I don't know what I'm doing here.
2: I'm an innocent fox here.
3: Do you know who represents the Lollipop Guild?
4: Munchkin, stupid. Those two fools, Rue and Tugs, represent the Kooky Guild and make you fat. Actually, you guys are streaming live. Oh,
2: woo! So we are live. So, I want to see you fix this and close. So, this is Season 5, Episode 6, I Like to Ride My Bicycle. Yes. Why did you put it as I like to ride my bicycle?
0: Because it's about coming out, so you can come out gay, lesbian, or bicycle. Uh,
2: okay, so this the topic, once again, is coming out. So, Tugs. Yes. Did you enjoy listening to the 100th episode?
0: I enjoyed when it was done. <laughs> So if if people may have noticed, your iTunes or podcatcher of choice may have said, there's a new episode. You're like, I just listened to episode 100. That's because I had to make a choice as the editor of the episode, which was, do I keep holding it and not let it out on time? Or do I release it and realize all my mistakes and go correct them? I chose the latter so that you could at least have the episode. Um, there were a couple of small mistakes I had made and two people I had that had made surprises that I forgot to put in. So the final cut in the spirit of George Lucas is now available if you go back and listen to it.
4: <laughs> the director's cut was way better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, your chopper was there. Oh, was Maybe it really? That-
4: yes. <laughs> I was thinking about that on the way over. Yep.
2: Well, thanks to everyone that listened in. That was a lot of fun. I hope that you enjoyed it.
0: I had fun. It was fun to relive the memories, because I, when, I had, when we were doing that, I had forgotten so much stuff, and then I was like, oh, yeah, we did this thing.
2: So, on episode 200, we'll take all of the moments <laughs> the <episode 200. laughs> and do it again. Woo! No.
0: <laughs> the master of no will join us shortly. So, uh, So, what have I been up to? I have been up <laughs> to hating the cold. When did it decide to get cold?
3: In October?
0: No, I'm over this crap.
3: Go back to 60.
0: Um, wait, what's 60 in Celsius?
3: Uh, 60 in Celsius, it's got to be... 15.
0: I want it to be 15 again. Sorry, I had to... I googled it. Thanks. I'm the master of Google Foo. Uh, I hate holiday crowds. Oh, by the way, so have you noticed... Do you ever go to the Target over here? Hmm? Do you ever go to this Target over here?
2: No, I've never been to this Target over here. <laughs>
0: Are you serious? You've never gone to the Target like five blocks from here?
2: Nope.
0: That's really strange.
2: (laughs) Where do you shop? Uh usually just go over to Smith's.
0: You were gonna say Walmart. I need a shame button on my board now.
4: He assaults a bum. Yeah.
2: I didn't necessarily say Walmart. I go to Costco. And I don't use my own membership, (laughs) I use somebody else's. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, no it's weird that target is so bizarre because like you go in and it's like dead and i don't know i go at two places in the store like i go look at the electronics for 30 seconds because they never have anything i want and then i go to food and get food and then i come back i'm in there for five minutes and suddenly there's like the entire population of the city at the at the checkout it's really annoying and it always happens that way so, so there's
2: nobody there and then you get there.
0: <laughs> yes, but yeah, it's, it's probably, worse. It's
2: probably like the Truman Show. No, apparently
0: you know? there's these waves. It just happens. But I also hate it more now because it's holiday crowds, so it's worse. <laughs> so it's like we invited Nevada over and we're like, hey, come hang out at the checkouts at Target. Um, and yeah, I'm not doing well. So I'm becoming more Amazon-y than normal. So
2: in other words, this is the reasons why that there's so many checkout stands. Were Are they, they usually all full during the holidays? Or? No.
0: Have you you know how the Walmart has like 30 checkout stands? Yeah. How many do they have on on Black Friday? Um, One.
2: Really? <laughs>
0: they never have all 30 turned on. I don't know. The day Walmart turns on all their checkout stands is like the day we do episode 1000. <sighs> so anyway, while we're finishing corrupting America, the point is, is, even though I've hated on a lot of things, I'm actually doing pretty good. I don't have as many side projects now, so I feel like I can relax a little bit every day, and I have been doing that and enjoying it. What about you?
2: You you know what's going to happen? What? Some side project's going to come along and going to whisk you away. Oh, no, they've tried. They've
0: tried. And I'm like, I have commitments, and I am therefore not going to do this thing you want me to do. (laughs) I have commitments to go pretend to be something that can make fire explode all over the place. And that's what I do. So, what have you been up to?
2: So, um, first of all, um, I went Black Friday shopping.
0: Are you? Did you really?
2: I did.
0: You are the worst kind of person. I
2: did. I went to Black. I went to let's see, Best Buy, <laughs> and I also went to Toys R Us as well. And then I shop. Did the rest of my shopping online.
4: That's fine. It's like he has a death wish or something. No, he's just a dick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I feel like getting trampled. Today. If, it, if it
2: makes you feel better, I didn't go there for like the. Like the store deals, I went there like um, around like noon or whatever. That no, makes it any no, better? No, you shopped on Black
5: Friday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like went out on Tuesday. I like I like made a list and a map and stuff. And I was like, okay, hey, I need to get food. I need to get all these things, so I don't have to go anywhere on Friday. I'm gonna go to work. I made sure I had to work Friday. And then I came home and I didn't do anything because shopping on Black Friday is the work of evil people. <laughs> Unless you do it through Amazon, because well, I don't have to see people. <laughs> that,
2: that is partly the w- reason why some people call me Rucifer. So, um, I also have something special that I wanted to, sh- wanted to show you. So, um, a couple of episodes ago, we were at um, Furry Unlocked, and we got a chance to meet up with Retro. Which, Retro, he, um, you know, for the longest time, I thought that... Once again, retro wasn't real, and then he was some made-up person that Tugs made. But um, I just wanted to show Tugs this and get his reaction.
0: Oh, I remember that. Is that wait, wait? Is that the thing from the actual episode cover? Yeah. Hold on a minute. Did he bring that?
2: Yes, he brought it to, to give it as a gift to me. That's
0: cool. I was actually looking at this the other day. Here, I'll pass. I'll pass it around. But that's cool.
4: I so nondescript paper.
0: No, it's an episode cover from... Do you know what episode it's from?
2: I don't remember.
0: It's one of our con prep episodes here. I'll look it up right now. Oh, ep- season two, episode 20.
2: So it has um, Rue um, tugging tugs. <laughs> well, no, that sounded really weird. Um, <laughs> Think yeah, in a wagon. Think about what you just wagon. said. Let's Go
4: rephrase up. that. <laughs>
0: Phrasing!
4: <laughs> Are we not doing that anymore? So
2: I thought that, <laughs> that was going to be something that's that's cool are we putting that in
0: our show archive are you holding on to that i don't know you should mat it and frame it and mark it with a b
2: i was going to frame it (gasps) Yeah, do that because it's special to me okay um and then i've been i've been playing assassin's creed yay which one the new one the brand new one
0: what are they what are they on now seven eight i don't know the syndicate
2: it's the syndicate
0: oh have we dropped the numbers (laughs) <laughs> We're not calling them... Says,
4: it's not even linear anymore. It's just kind of an amorphous blob. <laughs> you know, dear Ubisoft, go
0: finish the Mofo Prince of Persia 08 story because I really enjoyed that and I want to know what happens.
2: I think that they should just finish the Assassin's Creed series, but...
0: yeah, well, you know, money.
2: Yeah. They do one every year and it starts to kind of combine. But but I do want to say that it is it is pretty good. But um, And then... I got to celebrate Space's birthday with him. So yeah, got how to was hang that? out with him for a little bit. Space. Um, is the Space Ace. from Fur Media. Yeah. So um it was it was fun. It was good. We celebrated his twenty ninth birthday. He's, oh, he's almost old. He's almost um gay dead. <laughs> Whatever. Just kidding. He
0: is almost gay dead. Gay death is terrible.
2: <laughs> but that's what I've been up to. Cool.
3: Bees
4: only have baked. It's Ruse Cookie Time.
2: Ah, thank goodness it's not the other one.
0: (laughs) That was a one-time thing.
2: Just kidding. So, here's the cookie for today. It says, You may live a long life and eat many fortune cookies in bed with a cookie.
0: You may live a long life and eat many fortune cookies.
2: In bed with a cookie.
0: I don't know how I feel about this one. You don't? No. You don't like it? It feels kind of like cyclical. I feel like you're going to get a lot of crumbs in the bed. <laughs> I'm just saying.
4: Who says there aren't any to begin with? <laughs> you're
0: getting crumbs in the bed, Bert. You're yelling again, Bert. <laughs> <laughs>
6: back i have cookies in the bed
0: (laughs) my imitation of you is terrible this is tugs
2: (laughs) i cannot do a low person's voice but this is tugs
0: yeah you need to have puberty happen to you (laughs) so um as we talked about earlier today's about coming out gay (laughs) coming out gay straight or bicycle however i meant to say gay lesbian or bicycle so let's introduce our guests, who you may have been able to guess by now so our first guest is mark Who's been on before? Hi, Mark. Hi. How are you?
2: Welcome to the show. I'm good.
0: <laughs> Thank you. You haven't appeared since the season three recap. It's been over a year since people have heard your sultry tones other than the <laughs> intro. Those poor, poor people. <laughs> <Those> poor people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how have you been in the intervening months?
4: Um, alive and kicking.
0: What were you kicking? Life. Life, <laughs> was We're, kicking its bloated corpse. Well, since we've had a significant um, amount of time, I'm sure there's at least one new person out there. Refresh people on what your persona is.
4: Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I should go over that. So, uh, uh, a real name, Mark. Persona, markaroo It's a red kangaroo. A tall one. A uh, tall. Well, red kangaroos are tall. Was, I, yeah, I didn't. That was half that, the reason to to pick it. Is it's like whoa, most of them are at least the males are over six feet tall. Holy crap! So like, okay, that that kind of fits.
0: So we 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 asked you to come in, um, well, because number one, you know, it's kind of obvious that you're fabulous, <laughs> but um, because, um, for some reason you're willing to bring someone else into the studio with you, who we are trying our best to behave with <laughs> in her <laughs> hallowed presence. <laughs> Which is your mother. <clears throat> so we, uh, we, sh- we shall be calling you Flow, as in Flow from the commercials. Now, this isn't really that Flow, but this is the Flow. Hello, Flow.
6: Hello. Flow is my persona.
0: <laughs> so um, the first question we have for you is if you were a furry, what species would you pick?
6: Me? Yeah. I have no idea. You it's have to pick now. Something I have not thought on. Probably a penguin, though. I've always had a thing for penguins. You know, penguins are happy. How can you be a penguin and not be happy?
0: The next question we have for you is why? Not why to that previous question, just why? Why what? Just why?
6: (laughs) For no
2: particular reason at all. There you go.
0: And Rue has the last question.
2: No, no, I, I... No, no,
0: there's, there's ex- italics. There are italics.
2: Excuse me. Ex- I cannot ask this question. Okay, I'll
0: ask it. Approximately, how old are you comfortable in terms of revealing the, a number? <laughs> you don't have to give us an exact age. 29? Uh,
6: 29 <laughs> plus uh, another some odd years. 53 glorious years. Yes.
2: Wow, okay. Nice. You hold your age really well.
6: Oh, you're
0: sweet.
2: Stop I'm fluttering. lying. I'm really
6: 65, so... Oh,
2: Okay. <laughs>
4: damn
0: girl (laughs) the the age is relevant and we'll get into that uh, into that later Um, so before we get into the topic um, I just want to uh, repeat something I've said for the last couple times we've talked about this topic you don't come out as furry you don't come out as furry that's ridiculous that's like saying I love Monopoly will you accept me for who I am you don't come out as furry look I get that it's part of your identity (laughs) I get that it's part of your lifestyle you don't come out as furry. The
4: tugs. I really love Monopoly. <laughs> that's that's great, um, but that's not how it works. You, you can't see it, but my mascara is running. So, it's... yeah, like it, it just doesn't make
0: sense to do that. Um, but so yeah, out.
2: yeah. So we have an email that has been sent in, in we, to into us. We
0: have lots of emails. So we have email number one
4: from a Nigerian prince. Yeah. From- <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we have co-opted our guests. We have we are volunteering them into reading tonight.
4: Hi again. When I heard about the show topic I had to write in, I came out to my parents 2 years ago when I was 16. First off, my parents are very conservative and very religious. I grew up to hate gay people, to think that they were gross and corrupt. Is he is he talking about gays or Republicans? Um in fact, I was always taught to not be tolerant. At one point, Some years after I realized my sexuality, I knew I couldn't hide it for much longer. After being interrogated by my mother countless times... Is this the Spanish Inquisition? Could be. Is that... Sorry, I'm just thinking like the Monty Python. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition! (laughs) Uh, I gave in and just told her. Uh, She took it much better than I thought, even though there were a lot of tears. She told me how she felt physically sick. That's actually something I've heard on numerous occasions. Um, from coming out stories The fallout from this uh, changed our relationship forever. We still loved each other, but things were undeniably different We drew distant and she wanted to fix me um, By being prayed over and such my second coming out was surprisingly much worse than the first uh, When I told her that I'm an atheist this almost broke us apart completely Wow Her reaction was so terrible that I thought she would kick me out She blames my sexuality for. um, Sounds like they're connected. She blames my sexuality. uh, Firmly atheism. Yeah, that that. The sexuality led to the atheism. Um, Even though it's not the most optimal uh, situation, I am still glad that I came out. Honesty is very empowering, and I no longer felt shame for who I am. My advice for anyone that is debating on coming out is simple. Think of the worst case scenario from your coming out. Ask yourself if being honest with your loved ones is worth that happening. If it is, go for it. It might turn out better than you think. But if you have reservations, think really hard about it. Once you do it, there is no coming back. Um, Really consider that when asking yourself if you should come out. Your friend, Spark the Dragon. So... As we always do, whenever anyone reads an email from
0: a guest, you have first dibs at responding before we continue. So, respond.
4: Uh, Respond. (laughs) Initiate response. Um, uh, No, I think, uh, honestly, for, let's see, 16, so 18, that's... uh, You You know what it reminds me of? What? Shame. I need a bell,
0: but that's the shame. You know, from Game of Thrones, the shame bell. Right. Yeah. That's Who,
4: why. What are we shaming?
0: That just sounds like his mom. Shame. Shame. shame.
4: Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That. Oh, that could be like a whole series of episodes just right there. Um. No. That's that's very interesting. And I. And honestly, for only being eighteen, I. That's that's surprisingly well. Um. Thought out. I. Now that I say it, that sounds terrible. But it's like it took me till I was. God, like 21, 22, to kind of get my shit together mentally and understanding that. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. It It's not necessarily the most optimal situation, and because you plan for it, at least everybody I've talked to, it's you plan, you plan, you plan, you think it out, you think it out, and then it just it happens. And it's never exactly how you want it to go, and never in, in, in the, the, the exact situation and everything. and So no matter how much you plan for it, it's never going to occur the way that, that would be optimal. But um, that's that's a very good point, thinking on the worst-case scenario.
0: Do you think he was good to come out as atheist? Do you come out as atheist? Do you think that's a valid coming out?
4: Um, I don't know. I mean, religious beliefs... Honestly, I feel that, that that tends to to shift throughout your life. It's like your different experiences, um, um, in, increased knowledge, um, meeting people. I mean, I've known Christians that, that were in a particular sect and then they just got so fed up through life with, partic- with different sects that they're like, you know, I'm agnostic. I just, I, I, I like being a Christian. I don't like what, what anybody organized in Christianity is doing or, or believes in. Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's necessarily a a coming out with that, but especially in conservative backgrounds, I have seen that there is a a shift in, in religious beliefs. It's like, okay, what you believed in doesn't jive with who you are from a, a, a gender and sexuality perspective. And so, um, a lot of times there's a massive shift in order to get as far away from that as, as possible. That's not the case all the time, but um, okay. that's, that's at least what I've seen.
0: All right, Rue, you have Lingo's email?
2: Yes. It says, Dear Sack at what for, I mean what, sorry, Dear Sack at what worth for its com dot. It's
0: <laughs> <That's> so elegant. <laughs> it, it, it goes somewhere.
2: Yeah. So, um, let's see. Brennan, a.k.a. Lingo here, uh, to send a message about this week's topic, coming out to your parents. Dum, dum, dum. I have that button. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... I haven't come out to my parents as being bi or having any male mates. If anyone doesn't know, I live in a highly Catholic home with highly religious parents and siblings. I, don't, I wouldn't dare come out until I'm gone and done with college. But for people uh, with more sympathetic parents, It should be a little easier for them. Just don't make a big deal out of it. Casually say that you are blank and they they reply what? And you explain why and how you became blank. I do not recommend this to anyone that doesn't have the most chill parents in the galaxy. I wish you all a, a good rest of the day or night. And to have dreams about Rue eating cookies in bed with a cookie inside of a cookie. Inception.
0: I'm not doing that.
2: <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Press it. I don't it. have it
0: ready. It'll Whoa. blow up the board. It'll blow up the board. Okay. Blah. There you happy.
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay cool yeah that was that was my comment on that email go ahead all
0: right so before we get to mark's story because everyone's waiting to hear it we have one more uh starter story and actually this one's a recording which is from Misky.
7: so i never really came out to my parents as such um but it, i did nonchalantly mention it in conversation occasionally um I didn't think it was a big thing that um had to be announced and actually they're of the same opinion as uh, as me on that so um that that's one thing that we agree on but one thing I must say is um when I um talked about stuff like this my mum did get quite annoyed at me once um Because she thought that I was trying to be different. She didn't think I actually felt the way that I was saying I did because she couldn't understand how I could like both guys and girls um, and anything in between um, if I've only ever been with male partners. Um, So I kind of asked her why she thought this because obviously... If that's the case, then does that mean anyone who has never had a boyfriend or girlfriend, um, are they completely asexual because they've never proven that they like one gender or the other? Um, and that kind of stumped her. She she didn't really know how to respond to that. But it's still the case that that was quite hurtful. I, I don't normally care what other people think about me. Anyone can think about me you know, however they like. But with my parents, it's different somehow. Like, I actually care what my mum thinks. So, yeah. And they're also very liberal, so it really surprised me that they thought of things this way. Well, my dad's never dad's never mentioned it, really. Um, I don't think he really cares. But um, the fact that my mum reacted like that was... Just totally bizarre to me. Um, So yeah, that's sort of my not coming out but uh, mentioning things story. Uh, Hope it's helpful for you guys. (laughs) Bye.
0: So we've kind of got a wide spectrum of interesting stories. Uh, with both extremes kind of right there but we want to know your story so um, we kind of I think it's important need to get the background before we get to Mark actually coming into existence so Flo how were you raised in relation to gay culture and gay people in general because you come from a different generation than ours
6: yeah a different generation and I was raised in an extremely conservative home Um, of the predominant religion.
0: You can Um, say, you can say Mormon.
6: (laughs) Mormon and, uh, Orthodox Mormon, really. It was, and, uh, so honestly, gays had never been on my radar. I never thought about having a gay child. I never knew I had any gay friends. Um, come to find out I had several high school friends though that were gay. That's how much of an idiot I was. Never saw it. Um, so it literally is not on my radar. I never thought about it.
0: Were you, did you, um, I mean, I don't know about the culture at the time. Did you use gay as a pejorative term in conversation, like this is gay, that's gay? Or was that kind of after, after your time? Mm,
6: that was kind of after my time. Yeah.
0: So was it considered like an, a genuine mental illness when, you, when it was kind of?
6: I think that is what the religion taught, mm-hmm. is it was a choice. It was, you know, something that you could control. And yeah, kind of a mental illness. And that's when I thought about it. That's what I thought.
2: So how did, um, so how do you feel that, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Let's see, how, how did your upbringing shape your handling with Mark's coming out?
6: Like- um, it made it much more difficult. Um, when I began to suspect that maybe he was gay, it literally blew my mind. I, I could not imagine it. Um, I couldn't, um, it, it didn't make sense with the religion that i had been raised in and raised my children in and I, I, I couldn't handle it. It took me several years really to wrestle with it, um, to even come to the point where I could finally talk to him and ask him about it. It made it so much more difficult. If I hadn't been kind of had it shrouded like that, I think I would have noticed much, much, much earlier that, Hey, Mark's fabulous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so we're we're gonna dig into to the actual moment when when everything kind of goes boom, um, in in a little bit here, um, but let's shift here and then uh, let's talk to you, Mark. So, uh, one question and I didn't put it on here, but did you know the whole time that you were growing up that you were gay, or did you just kind of figure that out when you discovered porn on the internet?
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, that's no, how it was I for don't... me.
0: That's like a totally fair thing it's, to say.
4: I I, I would agree. S- say um for me it was i was about 13 um when you were going through the change and yeah the change um no it, it's it's cliche but i i think that's when it was like something's you know different all the other guys in my classes are like running after girls now and girls are pimping themselves and i'm like I, I i don't understand what's
0: going on here were you were you hiding like you're like like I'm assuming there was internet time involved yes, and were you hiding these activities? Tugs, no tugs, no no. Why are no, you bringing this up? No no because because the thing is is like in, in in culture like it's totally like a rite of passage for like guys to get their dad's playboys and stuff right, but like it's it's different like it's to not have that rite of passage is actually very important to people psychologically.
2: But, but that's not necessarily the, the main way. I mean, that's, that's the way that you found out, but that may not be the Never mind. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, tell, tell us a little bit more about what happened to you and kind of how, how you found out. and.
4: Um, it, was, it was really slow and subtle. I, I, I think similarly, like with, with my mother, that it's just it hadn't really been on my mind. Because it wasn't talked about, so um, you know health classes in school and whatnot. It's like that's it wasn't covered. I, I didn't understand. So so it was a like something is different, and and you know I think at the time I didn't really see that, but I, hindsight being twenty twenty, I look back and it's like yeah that's that's I think when I started hitting puberty and it was like that's what i noticed at least um but i was i was typically friends uh with girls through like grade school and whatnot um even through middle school and high school like that's who i got along best with i i didn't understand guys um teachers growing up were it was very very strong passionate women um so i don't know if that affected it but it it sure didn't hurt to kind of solidify that in my mind over the years if that makes sense, you preferred home ec to shop yeah yeah guys were getting all excited about oh yeah i gotta go you know do basketball or whatever and i'm like whatever (laughs) (laughs) can i go sew a
0: dress (laughs) so when when did you decide uh to come out to yourself did you have a moment of coming out to yourself
4: I don't think there was there was an explicit moment. You didn't like have uh, a you know. I think I'm gay conversation. Um, that that happened several times. I would say over over several years, um, because there was the there was the initial, um, wondering kind of a exploratory. You're you're trying to you're you're basically given a definition of sorts, but it's in an abstract term. Or in abstract terms, and then trying to reverse engineer that back to a word, or, or you know, is this an illness? Is this is this a phase? Something like that that we're at least in conservative circles given to. Um, that's that's what you know, being gay or attracted to to the same sex is, um, and. I would say I had moments like that, you know, when I was 16, 17 uh, all the way up through kind of 20 was, 21. It, was it a struggle? It it was it was a struggle because growing up in an extremely conservative um religion and being being told that like no this this, this doesn't exist or it's a choice that you make. Um, that was so it was it was a constant struggle for me of of trying to um kind of come to terms with, okay, well, this is what my religion believes. And then this is what I'm seeing personally with myself and trying to reconcile, reconcile. That's the term I was like, consolidate. And that's not right. Um, yeah, reconcile the two. And there, there wasn't really any way to do that because either, either one was correct and the other one wasn't. Um, so, so the the religion was was correct and being gay is a choice in which case i i should choose not to be gay or being gay is not a choice and then at least the uh religion's stance and viewpoint on it is incorrect um and that was that was really my primary struggle um is is trying to come to terms and come to grips with that and understanding it. It's like, okay, is this, is this transitory? Is this sort of a longer term thing? And then exploring around and and thankfully the internet was around. So I could understand like, Oh, it's called, you know, gay, homosexuality, bisexuality, whatever. Um, putting, I I think that was the biggest help for me was actually putting a word to the feelings.
2: So, Did you hide it from your family or did you tell them?
4: Um, I told them pretty late. It was 2008. I think when I actually, I actually said it, my mom had come to me, I think it was a couple months prior and, and I think kind of roundabout asked. Um, and, and, like that took me by surprise, and and in the shock, uh, I was like, "I'm not ready for this quite yet." Uh, you can jump in. I mean, like if you <laughs> want to kind of share what got you there, feel free.
6: Yeah, I mean, I remember that vividly. Where I think we were sitting around the the table in the dining room and eating breakfast or something, and I just I had to ask him. I'd been struggling for a couple of years. I need to know, um, and I thought I was ready to hear the answer, but I wasn't.
4: Well, I, I obviously wasn't ready to, to, to answer that question because I, I, I remember it's like, Oh, backpedal, backpedal. No, 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 no. We need to do this going along with what I, what I said earlier that it's like you, you get this, you think about it so much of, okay, the situation and who's going to be there. What am I going to say? And how are they going to react? And, and like, I, this was neither the time nor the place nor the right people and, and Nothing nothing had meshed, I thought. So I was like, no, 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 no. Of course not. Why Why would you think that? <laughs> so you denied it. God. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yes.
6: No, you didn't. No.
0: Oh. No, no, no,
4: no. Oh, at first. Okay. Yes. At, 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 at first. Um, no,
0: at, I just enjoy the company of other men. The, <laughs> it's true. What, What's wrong with
4: that? Um, and then it was... It was like six or eight weeks later. It was, it was not, not too much longer after that, that I, I'd secured, um, housing. I I was afraid that I was going to be kicked out because of it. Um, I'd been struggling financially, um, from, from the, the first time that I moved out, um, almost went bankrupt. Thankfully my parents stepped in and and helped me out there. Um, and then I, I moved back in with them to kind of get back on my feet but I never really felt safe in in a way that I'm like, okay, if I if I come out, uh, sort of what um, Spark touched to, of what's the worst thing that could possibly happen with that? And for me, that was um, I will lose my home. So in my mind, it was okay. I need to I need to be ready for um, if the shit hits the fan. Would you have kicked him out?
6: Me, absolutely not. It was his father that we weren't sure about. Hmm. So, yeah, we decided to just kind of keep quiet until Mark was out on his own, and we didn't have to worry about that. We we
0: being you and your then-husband?
6: No, well, Mark and I kind of decided to to keep it under wraps for a
2: bit. So, let's backpedal a little bit in your story. Mm -hmm. So, when did you tell your mom?
4: Uh, it was kind of anticlimactic that um, the, the six to eight weeks after she initially asked me, I was like, I, I got everything lined up. Um, I wasn't moved out by that point, but I, like everything was aligned such that I was going to be moving out in, in short order anyway. So I felt comfortable. Um, I was like, "Hey, mom, let's go to the gas station. I need to get a car wash, and you know, we can get you a diet coke or whatever." It was, it was lame.
0: <laughs> I just,
4: uh, <laughs> you know what, you so, know what? It's just everyone has their own
0: picture of how they're going to go through that grand moment, mm-hmm. and it's never, it's never what you thought it would be, right? Oh no, <laughs> like, not at all. <laughs> so I
2: want to switch back over to your mom to continue that story. Okay,
0: <laughs> go ahead. So, so he takes you to the car oh. wash. What were you so, expecting? Just a diet coke?
2: I, I don't
6: remember this actually. Okay, I I just remember over the traumatic. breakfast table asking if you were gay, and you said yes. That's the only part I remember. I don't remember the
4: gas station. Because yeah, yeah, <laughs> she she'd asked me straight up uh, once, and 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 that's where I was like, oh no, 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 no not ready for this. <laughs> um, and the yeah, and then finally I I got up the guts and was like, you know, it's 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 kind of now or never. Like I'm moving, so what's the worst that could happen you know uh i mean i i wasn't there obviously but
0: um i've been doing a lot of study of how the mind works to kind of prepare for this episode in general um and because it's it's a very intense thing for us right like emotionally Mm -hmm. uh um there there's a lot of aspects going on like identity um control of our surroundings things we think we should be having control over and maybe we don't have control over these things and the stress of these two things coming together um, and the human mind in general tends to do transference where we'll take a series of smaller events and we will lump them into one big event and that's how we actually store the memory chemically in our brains neurons um, and so for instance you know individual pieces and what, like the car wash and the breakfast could be stored in your brain one way and in your brain one way and when reality is actually a third way and it's completely different (laughs) and they've done studies (laughs) confirming this over and over and over and it's just it's so weird and even when we recall a memory now especially older memories we don't recall regularly every time we touch that neuron in our brain it gets put back just a little different so memories will change over time as well but when they're attached to those stressors they change even more when they get put back it's the most bizarre thing. Like it's really
4: interesting though. Huh. I didn't know yeah. that, but that makes that makes sense.
6: Makes perfect sense because in my mind, it was that moment at the breakfast yeah. table that he said yes and that was when it hit it for me. So, I guess with you is the car wash.
0: It's a coping mechanism in effect because that way you can kind of bundle up all that stress and set it there and go, "Okay, I have I have processed and handled this and I can continue in a normal sphere." where I can manage and have that control back. Does that make sense? hmm We're going to go do space news, and then we'll be back, and you can finally hear the grand reaction.
1: Hailing frequencies open. Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Friday, December 4th, here are your space headlines. The service module for the Orion arrived at the Glenn Research Center recently, this module was built by ESA, and it's sent to the Glenn Research Center to undergo stress testing. And what they intend to do is they're put it through intense shaking to test it for basically what it's going to go through at launch, the, the the massive vibrations in the thrust. They're going to simulate heat and pressure extremes like it will encounter in space. They're going to do shock tests to simulate explosive bolt stage separations, because those are very jarring and they want to make sure that everything will hold up in those sudden bursts of uh, physical exertion and they're also going to do pyrotechnic tests on the solar panels to see how well they res- uh, resist heat. The service module does several things. Uh, it provides a propulsion system. It's actually got a motor and propellant. Uh, it provides steering and avionics uh, while the command module is still attached to it. Uh, it gives it a, an abort capability during ascent, not just the uh, the launch escape system that uh, other rockets like this had, but an actual abort system that allows it to detach from the rest of it in a different manner than just the launch escape system. Uh, it's going to have radiators to vent excess heat, as well as solar arrays that will generate power, and it's even got sup- uh, life support for uh, that's oxygen, nitrogen, water for the crew. It's going to go on a translunar orbit and return uh, for exploration mission one. It will be uncrewed this time, and it's slated for sometime in 2018, at least currently it's slated. More news from ESA, their Venus Express probe captured some pretty amazing thermal images. There's a massive hurricane-like storm over the southern pole, which has been observed daily since uh, the probe arrived at Venus in 2006. The thermal images show two eyes, one very high and one very low, within the storm at different levels. Uh, Both of these eyes rarely line up, which seems to defy logic. Uh, It's believed that this storm is permanent, and it just continues to swirl there at the South Pole, and they're really not sure exactly what keeps this storm going, what allows it to continue to evolve. They think it has something to do with the fact that the atmosphere rotates very, very rapidly around a very slowly spinning planet. The planet actually takes upwards of 230 Earth days to make one day-night cycle, while the atmosphere itself spins around the planet in about four Earth days to complete one rotation across the surface. The storm itself is about four times larger than similar storms on Earth. It's 12 miles tall and it is actually 26 miles above the surface of Venus. So if you're standing on the surface looking up at this giant two-eyed swirling cloud of storms you probably wouldn't feel any of the effects. SpaceX prepares to return to flight in mid-December. Their next scheduled flight is to launch 12 Orbcom OG-2 satellites, and we don't have a firm date on it yet, we just know it's going to be sometime in mid-December. There there is some discussion, some rumors flying around, about uh, SpaceX possibly trying to land the first stage on a landing pad on solid ground there at Cape Canaveral. If they're successful, this would be just weeks after Blue Origin successfully test flew their New Shepard spacecraft. The New Shepard is a suborbital space tourist vessel gearing up for commercial flight. It basically just goes straight up, the crew capsule detaches, in this case it was empty at the moment, the capsule continues on up while the engine slows and falls back down. Once it falls it deploys flaps to slow its descent further, and then once it gets to a certain altitude it fires the engine back up and comes back down into a propulsive landing, very similar to what SpaceX wants to do. Hopefully, We'll get to see something really cool from that, maybe some really great footage from uh, the first few tourists that get to see 12 minutes of weightlessness and the curvature of the Earth. Orbital ATK is trying to return to flight as well with their Cygnus resupply vessel. They attempted to launch Thursday, December 3rd, but it was scrubbed due to the weather, there were storms in the area. And then they attempted to launch again today, Friday, December 4th, but that was scrubbed again due to weather. Uh, surface winds were too high, violating launch rules. Their next attempt will be Saturday, December 5th in the early evening. Around 5 p.m. Eastern time is when the launch window will open. Uh, By the time this airs, the rocket will likely have already flown. Uh, We're hoping that this will go off without a hitch. Previously, the Cygnus tried to fly atop an Antares booster, but it failed catastrophically, exploded shortly after uh, liftoff. Right now, they're using uh, a ULA-supplied Atlas V rocket, which ULA has a very, very good track record for dependable hardware, so we're hoping this works. This was the first time a ULA rocket did not launch after it was fueled, so let's hope this inauspicious return to flight is just a few bumps on the road to getting back into orbit. That's all we've got for you this time. For more on space and space-related matters, follow NASA, ESA, SpaceX, Orbital ATK, and other related agencies and organizations on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying, keep looking up, space fans. Mom, Dad,
6: there is something I gotta tell you. I hope you still love me. I'm... I'm into comic books.
1: What? What did he just say?
0: We do not do that in this house.
1: Dad, I'm into anime.
3: Why didn't you listen when I told you not to expose her to other cultures? Now she's... well-rounded.
0: An epidemic is sweeping our nation's children. I'm into... Harry Potter.
4: It's because we let you watch those movies, isn't it? Those damn movies!
0: It's because we bought you that toy wand for Christmas when you were little. Why did we buy you toys for Christmas?
4: I'm a gearhead.
3: <sighs> I knew I shouldn't have let my baby girl take shop. I believe in Xenu.
2: No, you can't. Make written works of fiction somebody told you was
4: scripture part of your identity. I'm a brown coat.
3: The
0: frack you're brown whatever. You've been hanging out with those type of people. They discover interests of their own. They piece together misshapen identities in the eyes of society and then come out about their interests. I'm uh, a ham radio operator. No, you will not learn how radios work. You'll text your friends and use apps like all your other friends.
3: I believe in Sherlock Holmes. No, no. Girls your age
2: do not read books or fantasy mysteries. I'm a furry.
3: Out, out. Get out of this house. You are no child of mine.
4: Call Father Donovan. We need to perform an exorcism and send our baby to purification camp.
0: Don't let this be your child. Keep them normal in the eyes of others. I'm gay.
2: I'm lesbian.
0: I'm transgender. Okay. 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 Coming out. Don't let your loved ones share the choices they make with others.
3: Hello there. This is Hachi from Bali, California, and if after four years you still don't know, you're listening to For What It's Worth.
2: So, we are going to dive right back into the topic once again. We are talking about coming out.
0: And we're going to hold you in suspense for one more minute by asking our guest to read email number two. Email number two. Number two. It's from Hachi.
6: Okay. Hello, for what it's worth. This is Hachi. My coming out story will actually be two stories, one involving my mom and another one involving my grandma. My grandparents raised me just as much as my mom did, so I consider them to be just as parental as my mom. Plus, they're both completely different experiences of coming out, I'd really like to tell them. It hasn't been that long since I came out to my mom. I was sitting in my room talking to my now fiancé about how I had felt like I needed to tell her for the past couple of days. I don't know what exactly drove me to do it, but after a while I told him, I'm going to tell her now. I wasn't worried about it much. I'd known her all my life, so I knew what she thought of me, and I could predict what her reaction would be. Still, I couldn't help but have a little voice way in the back of my head, extremely paranoid and thinking, what if she just hates the thought of it, and other stuff like that. Nevertheless, I still went to her room to tell her. When I got there, I told her I wanted to talk to her about something, so I sat down and began saying random crap that would eventually lead me to coming out, though I don't remember any of it. It was all just mumbo-jumbo to make me feel less nervous. After a while, I told her, I'm gay. And somewhat to my surprise, relief, and expectations, she kind of just said, okay, okay. I explained to her that I was nervous about it because I wasn't sure what she would think. And then she told me how no matter what I do, I'm her son and she'll accept me for who I am and will always be proud of me. My grandma, on the other hand, was a different experience. I didn't even tell her first. She found out all on her own. I used to have this daily planner when I was in high school and when I started dating my fiancé I decided that on that calendar, on every day of the month that our anniversary fell on I'd I'd write his and my names inside of a heart. When I no longer needed the planner, I threw it away in a bag of recyclable stuff and my grandma had decided to look through it to see if there was something she could use. For what? I don't know. Whatever she thought. Thing is, all those hearts were still in there and they made her wonder, who's this person he has in a heart? And one night that she had picked me up from school. We're on our way home, and she tells me all about all that stuff involving the planner and the hearts, and then starts to ask me what it meant. More specifically, who is this person? Is it your girlfriend? Who is she? To which I replied, no, it's not my girlfriend. It's my boyfriend. Then there was a little bit of silence. Then we talked about me being gay. She had asked me why I hadn't told her, and I had said that it was because of her religion, being Catholic, and that because of it, I knew she wasn't going to be okay with it. In the end, she told me that even though she doesn't think... It is right of me to do so. She still will love me. However, she's still going to pray to God that I realize what I'm doing isn't correct and end up with the woman the way that I'm supposed to. My grandfather doesn't know I'm gay, nor do I intend to tell him, at least not for a while, because I know exactly how he'll respond and it won't be all that good. So those are my stories. It wasn't anything super dramatic. It just happened and that's it. I hope you guys are having a wonderful evening. I look forward to listening to this episode. Until my next email, Hachi.
2: So Mark... At the kitchen, or you know,
0: at the, at the kitchen, at the gas station, at the
2: gas station <laughs> with a candlestick, they so, look
0: pretty similar. No, yeah.
4: <laughs> both Mark delicious treats
2: ended up telling you that he was gay, and um, you know, it, it was all your suspicions. You know, it, it was right there that he, he said it. How did you feel? What was your reaction? Do you remember your reaction?
6: Oh, I remember it vividly. Um, Like I said, I'd been wrestling it for a couple of years, the suspicions and and trying to just make sense of it all. And I thought I was completely prepared to hear it from him. I just wanted to hear it one way or the other. Um, But when he confirmed it, it was like a blow to the gut. I was not ready for it. So it was, yeah, it was intense. (laughs) How,
0: (laughs) How long did it take you before you thought he's going to hell? And
6: you know, it's funny because um, I wrestled with that before. Yeah. I kept thinking, well, you know what? If I just lock him in a room with a girl and shove some condoms under the door, it's all going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever told Mark that. (laughs) And and I just wrestled with things like that. Like, what did I do? I must have caused this. What did I do? And so I'd gone through all that. Um, So I think by the time he told me, it was devastating because I knew then I couldn't pretend that he wasn't. It was a definite. But by then I was coming to terms with it. It's like, you know what? This is him. This is Mark. Just He's the same wonderful person he's always been. So I never really thought of him as going to hell. Because damn it, if he was going to hell, I was going to go there with him. So.
4: At least it will be fabulous.
0: <laughs> Satan has great luau's. <laughs> and top shelf liquor. <laughs> top shelf liquor. <licker. laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, we, we we kind of talked about the, the the background that you were raised in. So you have you have this religious background. How how heavy was that then? Kind of. I, I know it's kind of hard to quantify that sort of a, a question, right? But like you, you wrestled with it, and then was it was it gone by the time then, or was it like did you were you feeling like I need to reach out to to God right now, and and get that extra support, I, or did you feel like I need to reach out? to like a bishop or a clergy of some kind? Or was, you were like, forget it. That's obviously not working.
6: I actually reached out to the internet.
0: (laughs) That was not a very religious experience at all. Why the internet? Well, I
6: figured somewhere out there, there had to be another mother who was Mormon, who was struggling with this, and who had been able to come to terms with her religion and her gay son. There had to be somebody. There had to be an answer. So I found a group, uh, it was a Yahoo group back then, um, family fellowship, and started meeting some of these incredibly awesome women. Um, so I think I did that before I talked to Mark or very shortly after. But I remember they had invited me to sort of a fireside thing done by affirmation, if that rings any bells. And um, I don't even know if I told Mark about this. But it was up at a Unitarian church up by the U, and and I went one night. And um, it basically was a fireside of parents, of gay children, just getting up and telling about their kids. Um, It was going to be an hour, two hours, maybe. It lasted about three and a half hours. And I was mesmerized. Um, These parents getting up, telling all about their gay children and how wonderful they were. They were doctors and lawyers and cruise ship entertainers and, you know, and the thought that came to me was, and they're, they're okay. They're all okay. In fact, they're better than okay. And to me, that was huge. I, I didn't think there was a, a light at the end of the tunnel or brightness or anything. But to, it, it just struck me that it's all okay. They're okay. Their parents are okay. And Mark and I are going to be just fine.
0: So it gave you back that almost, I don't know if control maybe, but hope.
6: Absolutely hope. Because, you know, in that religion, there is no hope. You know, it's, it's gay, being gay is damning.
0: It's absolute.
6: Yeah. So it, it just opened up an entirely new world to me to think that you know what it's all going to be okay
0: so i'm i know uh just just to kind of fill the audience in obviously uh you are divorced effectively if not legally right and so (laughs) um how did your then husband handle it i know you said you you weren't going to tell him has he been told yet
6: yes um
0: Who, who who did the telling
6: i believe i did
0: how did that go? Yeah, because I, I I was like, nope, I'm not gonna open that cat of worms. <laughs> no, nope, no, thank you. That, and how long how long was the interim period? It
6: was very shortly after Mark moved out that I decided that you know, let's go ahead, let's tell him. So we were driving down Bangor Highway and I just said, Hey, Mark's gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he didn't have much of a re- response, of course, not very much emotion, but then he said, you know, that story in the Bible about Lot. Well, Lot's wife turned to a pillar of salt because she turned to look back at her gay children um, oh. that is oh. the only discussion or response we've had when talking about this issue and that pretty much told me all I needed to know about his position on it so
0: and it has been kind of this taboo absolutely thing. oh yeah it's so <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> or yeah. it was and how long ago is that compared to now is this a couple years by now or
6: now that was when did you move out
4: uh, 2008. Oh, yeah, H. so it was about
2: 2008. So how is it now?
4: Still just as awkward. It sounds like. I don't know. I haven't talked to my dad in three years. So <laughs> that's how awkward it is.
3: <laughs> I haven't seen mine in eleven.
6: And there we go. That's sad that it has to be that way. Mm-hmm.
0: So so let's go to the other side of the coin. Then so you told your mom I'm gay, and then what immediately went through your mind? Did like all the cellos in your or not cellos but violins in your head start going? Whoa! Like, no, it was cellos. <laughs> cellos.
3: Cello.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you know that like, you know like that whole whoosh, or or how did you feel?
4: Um, it was it was like I was able to finally exhale that I I i been been holding in so long and and it was almost a culmination, um, rising to a crescendo, mm-hmm. if if you want to get music involved, um, and and. Then it was over. It was like there weren't there. There wasn't any fanfare. Or it was there was no great, you know, revelation or or you know, chorus in the sky or something. It was just like, oh, okay, well, that's over. <laughs> like I said, it was kind of anticlimactic.
0: I'm like, oh. How long did it take you to feel comfortable using the word boyfriend?
4: Um language is kind of a big deal, you know? It 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 really is and i it, uh, between the re- the religion and then the culture that we're in just in general um that that shame is so prevalent. So, and and wanting to fit in and i've never really felt that i fit in probably because gay has been a part of that, so being comfortable with the term and then and then boyfriend on top of that. Um I, you know, i even still catch myself occasionally that it's like why am I having such a hard time with this word? Just it's it's a, it's a word. It's a designation. Just just get it out there. If the person has a problem with it, they have a problem with it, and they can go on their merry way. To who gives a shit, Bill? <laughs> we call that Willoughby.
0: Twilight Zone reference. Willoughby. Oh, okay. Yes.
2: <laughs> so, what do you usually do with those people? Like co—I mean, I know we're not talking about going out, coming out to our coworkers or anything like that, but like you know like work acts, asks you about your life and it's like so how's your girlfriend or you know well, you I, have a wife now right or <laughs>
0: like well i think it's valid for both of them because you get coworkers that ask about your your children right mm-hmm. and and you get people who ask you know the same like what we were saying so mm-hmm. how, in, in you first mark and then and then flow how do you handle those those um, kinds of questions y-
4: you know when i when i first started working at i mean the current job that i'm at Um, that's really when my relationship started getting more serious, um, to, to the point that it was like, okay, you know, yeah, we're boyfriends. Um, people kind of asked and, and I just danced around the subject. It was like, oh, you know, no, no, not seeing anybody. Do you use pronouns
2: like they instead of like him?
4: I, I did initially. And then, um, I had a, a, management change and the new manager just seemed a lot more friendly and open. And so I'm like, you know what, who cares? I'm 30, you know, if, if I can't make my own decisions and be responsible for myself, who like, <laughs> when, when will that happen? Um, so I, I, I came out in a sense Um, you know, again, not a lot of fanfare, but it's just like, oh, you know, she, she was, she was new. She was trying to learn more about me. Um, asked, asked if I, you know, had any spouse or anything and, and just kind of quickly let her know the, the situation. Um, and it's like, here's, yeah, yeah, I'm seeing somebody we've been dating for seven years and she, she was all on board. It's like, oh, that's cool. And, and I kind of expected, I, I expected it to be a little, a little bit different, but, um, it was, it was just nice to see that there, there is an acceptance, um, despite a generational gap. And it was, it was interesting because, um, back in, I think it was August we had an all hands team meeting i work remotely uh as as do most of my team but we all we all met together and got to see each other in person we kind of um introduced each other talked about you know families and whatnot it turns out that she's she's a devout catholic um was was one of like 12 or 15 kids um and then she has like six or nine of her own anyway but yeah very like cliche Catholic almost, so it was it was interesting because I didn't know she was Catholic when I when I came out quote unquote, um, but but even even though she was very religious and and she said that that religion is a is a strong point in her life, that um, it's like wow and yet there was still the acceptance that it's it's not my sexuality doesn't define me, it's just it's an aspect of me, and and I think that that growing up and 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 trying to figure that out that I'd put so much weight into um this is this is like the only defining characteristic or this is the only thing that people will see when it 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 isn't necessarily that way and in fact I believe it shouldn't be that way it's 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 a thread in in the massive tapestry that is that is you as as a unique individual so Flo, how do you handle it at
0: work?
6: Um, I'm extremely upfront with it, uh, especially the job that I used to have, where Mark came in a couple of Halloween's dressed as Dr. Frankenfurter.
0: I I joined for one of those. That was amazing. <laughs> yes, and uh, the you know, over there, by the way,
6: <laughs> and having this, you know, seven foot transvestite walk in on Halloween night, <laughs> and it's inter- not subtle. Introduce her, in, yeah, to my coworkers and stuff. You know, that was pretty much a clue, but. It's also sort of something I use in my late-in-life dating that I've been doing now. Uh, Very early on when I start talking to a prospective, you know, uh, man, I'll I'll mention my son and his partner or my son and his boyfriend. And their reaction to that really gauges on whether I talk to him again or not. Um, That's clever. There are some homophobes out there still. And I've, yeah, I just don't want anything to do with them.
0: (laughs) All right, so uh, returning then back to where we kind of uh, went on our little journey here from. Um, now, Mark, how do you feel about how your dad's handled it?
4: Um, not not positively. I think out of out of all the he didn't he didn't respond in the um, way that I'd kind of planned for, I guess. Um, but I was already moved out by that point, so who knows if he would have thrown me out or not.
2: Did he ever say anything to you at all?
4: No, it was it was a very active um, uh, ignoring the the elephant in the room. The, mm-hmm. That I had my boyfriend over on a number of occasions after mm-hmm. that had happened, and and it was just there. It was the elephant in the room that everybody was ignoring. I, I would say even my siblings were.
6: It was the giant pink wearing a tutu elephant in the room that everybody was ignoring.
4: <laughs> Again, it's not subtle. No. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's sad. I'm, I, I would say I haven't been extremely close to my father, you know, growing up and whatnot. He was gone a lot. He and I didn't see eye to eye even, even before all this happened. Um, but we were still able to hold a conversation. And then after that, it's what, what little there was basically didn't, you know, vanished. And, and so how's it affected it or sorry, how's it affected you over the years then? Um, I mean, when, when my parents finally got divorced, it was like, I don't really, I I had to think about, is there, is there anything positive coming out of this relationship? And, and it took quite some time and I finally realized it's like, no, there's nothing positive coming out of this. Have you, for some people, they, they reach out to a
0: professional for that sort of thing, because it's, it's hard, mm-hmm. and some people don't. Have you sought professional assistance in, in dealing with that, or is it, have you been able to just kind of find your own way in coping with it? I, I
4: haven't sought professional help yet. I'm going to, though, because I, I thought that, that kind of cutting the bad out, um, that negativity in my life, would, would help with the stress. And it has diminished, but it's still there. Um, much to my surprise. Um, you know, I still I still think about it. I I I get dreams occasionally, and it's like, why am I why am I concerning myself with this? Um, you know, here here's a guy who couldn't accept me for for who I am. Um But yeah, he'd he take my advice on on like electronics or something. You know, or uh, computer network infrastructure. He'd have questions about that. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. So you'll place a hundred thousand dollar question at my feet and then take my, my answer as gold. But if I come out and say, this is my sexuality, you can't handle that. (laughs) There's a disconnect here. Mm -hmm. What's, what's going on? So
2: what about your siblings? What, what about you were, you were mentioning your siblings Mm -hmm. and the great big elephant in the room with, um, you know, having Curtis over, like, what, how's your sibling's support
4: uh, with all this? Non-existent. I think it's still an elephant in the room for them. Um, my brother got married
6: um, about four months ago, yeah. Um,
4: and uh, it was it was interesting because when he, when he uh, invited me, um, he said and Curtis is invited too my my boyfriend and and I was I was kind of surprised about that um, Curtis put up a fight and he's like I do not want to go to this this is just going to be terrible and I'm like yes how do you think I feel I know these people <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my mom had kind of the same view it's like well my son's getting married but also I see relatives <laughs> that's exactly it can I pick and choose <laughs> I'll put on horse blinders um but it, and it's it's interesting because like my sisters are are very very religious, and and cling to that you know knuckles bleeding, uh, at least to me it seems that way and and it's, you know it was all it's like platitudes and things but I'm like it's interesting that it, it, it feels like not a lot has changed. Um, I I still don't know about my brother um, because he can he can put on a happy face and and schmooze and cheer people up so i still i don't even know what he thinks um but it i i take it as a good sign that that he at least invited my partner
6: he very much wanted both you guys there and then you know you guys walk in and you looked amazing in that custom tailored suit
4: <laughs> <laughs> both of us got custom tailored suits it's like and... damn it we're gonna look the best
6: <laughs> oh they look damn good <laughs> And they, they did incredibly awesome, and I think that went a long way towards the family kind of accepting that, you know what, they may be quote-unquote gay, but they're just people, yeah. and they just love each other, and they love their families, and, you know, it's, I, hopefully it opened their eyes a little bit.
0: You bring up something interesting, which is, it's we're in this transitionary period as a society where... marriage is new and stuff and so normalizing this sort of thing where like i have a gay brother i have a gay sister whatever it may be is kind of still in this awkward phase especially where it's uh you you almost feel like uh, like a wounded dog, you know, like I I want to participate, but I have been kicked a lot, kind of thing. And so yeah. it's and so to be invited um, to a family event and be treated completely normal is still even for me really hard. Like
4: you're you're expecting something to happen. Yes. It's like okay, it's been an hour. When you know. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and when is and, somebody uh, going to come around and trip me? <laughs> and when you're in a heteronormative situation,
0: like Utah is pretty heteronormative. Uh, I think a lot of people who are straight and have just, you know, get, get, have the benefit of, yeah, it's just what everyone does. Um, don't, don't appreciate that. But like, what would be ideal for you to normalize that kind of a thing? Like, cause it's going to be hard at first, but is that the best way you think it could have gone? Or do you wish that there was a better way to normalize? And what would that be if there was?
4: Uh, that's a good question. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, I, I don't know. Big it. And it's interesting because I didn't directly tell any of the family. It it just Your mom did. It came out through <laughs> Facebook or something. I don't know. Somebody somebody told or mentioned something and then it just spread like wildfire. But no one would say it directly to me. It was just it was it was the dirty little secret. At least that's
6: Oh yeah. That's how I perceived it too.
4: <laughs> that's I I'm just like, Wow, we've got a bunch of gossiping Nancy's here, but nobody <laughs> will actually come. Um Yeah yeah, because people come up and it's like they want to be social and they want to converse, but I'm like, it, it, yeah, there's you, you just want to show them the finger. It's like, come on, come on, I can see right through you now.
2: Well, but do you feel like sometimes that, that um, because I, I've felt that before, um, but do you feel like that sometimes it's us not giving those people a chance to accept those things or to you know do you even do you know where i'm going with that
4: yeah yeah that uh, people are quick to make a snap judgment on i think either side of the fence um and and especially with where we have to go through the whole coming out phase that it's the um months and months and, and in some cases years and years of thinking about it and dwelling on it and it's like okay you know is is this a thing and then um, how am I going to go about this? How do I tell people? Who do I tell? Mm-hmm. Um, and And you're going over scenarios and and so I found myself in a lot of cases that that I've kind of already made a judgment for the person um, and in, in many cases I, I would say that's that's correct. I mean, I had an aunt at my brother's wedding who basically ignored my boyfriend. <laughs> Which one? I'll punch (laughs) them.
2: Well, and it's... And there's love. It's true.
4: (laughs) If you can't hit family members, what can you do? Love through violence. Violence is the answer. (laughs) Violence is love. (laughs) It's like something from 1984.
0: uh you know we have an email from leo so i'm going to read that it's about um kind of family in general um and then we have an email from um aussie cat which is email number three that we'll read right after that okay and then i have um some more psychology to share on that so here's what leo's email said he said hopefully this email arrives on time oh coming out a lovely time where we shed our cocoon and flutter into a great bicycle gay or lesbian butterfly I've only come out to close friends that I trust. Even coming out to them made me more nervous than hell. Took a while for me to muster all up, but I uttered these magical words Guys, I'm gay. The look on their face, priceless like a MasterCard. They were all confused and can't read that word at what they heard. You're like the straightest guy ever, summed up the rest of the conversation. They still treat me as good as before, and I'm glad they did. I know I shouldn't come out at work, but I found uh, a small group of friends there and they are a very nice lesbian couple so why not right so they're close to my age and i didn't know at the time that they were but we started hanging out after work and such and it was awesome after a month and a couple of weeks later i found out i looked them in the eye and curled up my fist and started to perspire a bit as i said those lovely magical words i'm gay please don't say anything i closed my eyes as if i had as if i had a and if I would have had a tell, I would have hid behind it. Even to a lesbian couple, I was scared to come out. They gave me the biggest hug, and I felt a decent weight, decent weight lift off my shoulders. Holding my family, still think I'm the straightest, manliest man in the world. With the amount of girls I have over and guys and stuff, guys stuff I talk about with them, sorry, I'm... I'm correcting as i read here Uh, my advice is i believe the biggest fear is the anticipation of what will happen to you after you come out if the people you choose to come out to are people you trust and feel safe around them you'll be fine this is coming from the biggest security cat around oh and fred meyer is still a thing by the way we have a few up here running by where i live Sorry, this is a rambling subject email. I love and dread this topic so I can get off course. Sincerely, Leo, the artist. <laughs> um, all right. And then we
4: have um, Aussie Cat's email number three. So uh, I-, I wanted to comment real quick. Go for it. Even even um, within, like, the company I work for is, is big on employee, uh, what do they call them, resource groups. But, like, there's a GLBT group in there. And even that, like, I'm kind of scared. I'm like, it's how how many times do i have to come out before i don't have to come out anymore i am afraid that that will not be our generation's privilege oh i know i know i know but it's and i i heard some quote or comment kind of kind of on that that it's it's like why why do we have to be afraid Well, because of the culmination of everything that's happened.
2: You know, before you read that email, I have one quick question. If you ended up finding out, like, if you never um, fessed up, if you never, not fessed up, wow, that that came out really weird. Um, Shared. If you never shared with your mother, and you never decided to tell her, and you were um, his grandmother, and found out that way, if I was his grandmother, okay. So, or if
0: your grandchild came out to you. Oh, oh
2: no 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 no, oh, no 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 no! No, that's not the question. Oh, sorry. So, how your grandmother found out about um, about you being gay was from finding it through a journal. Mm-hmm. So she found out about it. Do you feel like that would be that would be different for you if he like? Do you feel like that your relationship would be different if he didn't tell you? I uh,
3: do. You,
0: I'm not sure where you're going either.
2: <laughs>
3: okay, okay. I, th- I, I think, think he's trying Ru, to
0: relate it back to the story. Uh, yeah,
3: uh, Rue, you're, you're talking about an email that he read from somebody else. That wasn't his story. The
0: Heart's email? Or the Heart's journal?
3: Oh, yeah, the Heart's journal. Yeah,
0: yeah that was Oh, I email. thought that was your... Oh, wait, no, that was, no, was somebody he else. He read the email. <laughs>
2: <Wow>. Okay, just, <laughs> just throw that out the window. Uh, well, Never mind. I, no, I think we should keep that. That's, <laughs> that's, pretty,
0: cool. that's
6: pretty epic. <laughs> Actually, I kind of think I know what you were leading towards. I... And I think if he had never come out to me, my life would be completely different. Um, it, it, just knowing this and learning and learning to love him, that it's just, my life has opened up. And it's just become completely different than it was before. Before I was in a closed little shell, you know, the world was black and white. And now it's like, wow, I can see that there are colors out there. You know, there's an amazing array of people and And thought and everything, and it's he's opened up my world, so if he hadn't come out to me, I'd still be in that closed little shell
3: can can I share a story about okay. my grandma uh my grandma used to be a very homophobic um not really racist, but she uh you know grew up around world War two and so uh she didn't it's not like she didn't like. Like not like Japanese people, but she'd always use like the short, you know, connotation the to call them anyway. um, When I came out to her, she flipped like 180 degrees, uh, literally. Like all of a sudden, she was no longer homophobic, and it was just like, oh, okay, just another day. And she never like made fun or made any comments about gay people. I don't know. It's pretty uh, satisfying, actually.
2: You know, I guess the reason why. I guess the reason why I, I ask you that particular question and, um, you know, also going along with Kory's story as well is that I didn't. I, I'm i of the opposite opposite end. I didn't tell my family at all. And they ended up finding out. And... Um, Were they reading your journal?
0: <laughs> no. Facebook <They, all laughs> <those> <down>
2: status. <laughs> what ended up happening is, um, you know, as f- most furries have it, um, most furries have a separate profile.
0: Or a podcast. And
2: they, or a podcast, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they ended up finding out um, through that because in that profile, it had that I was in a relationship and that it was with an individual. And so they were able to find out through that profile because they found it. And um, I, I regret not telling my family, you know, not letting them know. And this is after I'd moved in with, um, with my boyfriend at the time, and that's how they found out about it. And, um, yeah, so that's my story of I never really did come out to my family, and I still never really have. It's kind of always been one of those awkward Things, I mean, I mean, there things have progressed, things have gotten better over time. I mean, it's been like five, um, about five years or something like that. And I mean, we just we just barely had a Thanksgiving, which he was invited to, and that was that was awkward, but it, it was it was fine, it was fine. And but it is something that I regret. So I'm glad to see that. You didn't make that choice, so you did come out to your mom and that you did talk to her about it, because if, and, and for the listeners that are listening to this, um, you know, weigh your options of whether or not that it's important for you to come out to your family, and um, yeah, so.
0: All right, Mark, if you don't mind
4: reading that email, uh, go ahead and then we'll go to our last break. Sure. Uh, dear, for what it's worth, cast and guest, greetings from St. Louis-Louis. Um, I've never really submitted anything for your wonderful podcast, aside from an iTunes review, so I figured I'm well past due. Any here's my coming out story. To preface this, I will say that my parents are divorced and live in two different areas, so it went differently for each of them. My dad is a pretty laid-back kind of guy for the most part. When I told him I was bi and currently dating a girl, I'm a girl by the way, he simply rolled his eyes and muttered something about the strange daughter he had as his way with most things. Um, I don't think he really took it seriously, even though I'm an adult, but at least it didn't explode on me. My mother, on the other hand, was a different story. You see, back in my freshman year of college, uh, we got to talking about LGBT, excuse me, LGBT rights during one of my visits back home to recharge and do some free laundry. When the topic came up, she slowly looked at me for a moment and had this to say. If you, if you ever find out that you're not straight, don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't want to hear about it. I would rather go to my grave not knowing anything. She then turned up the radio in the car and hummed along to whatever was playing. Since then, I have not talked to her about my life in detail, nor do I talk to her very often as she has expressed not wanting to know about a part of my life that is important to me. Technically, I suppose I never came out to her, but she wouldn't have stated that if she didn't suspect anything. Luckily, I've gained friends that accept me for who I am without question, and found, and even found, a wonderful lesbian couple who are honestly my role models in living the dream. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't hurt by what my mom said to me, but I'm not really surprised. She has been hurtful to me in the past, and I know that I shouldn't have expected anything different but it's hard to give up on your parents even if they end up being horrible people. Thank you so much for the wonderful episodes that you've gifted us listeners with so far. I look forward to any and all your future ones. S- Sincerely, Aussie Cat. Ow. <laughs> Sorry, I have to say that before I push the button, but ow. I uh, know it's uh, yeah. That that was that was my same kind of reaction. Um, it's 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 interesting that um, that the mother came out and said it that, that explicitly, um, ignorance is bliss, I guess, I, I don't know, Uh, but like I, like I mentioned earlier, that it's, being gay doesn't define you. There are some people that, that do let it define them, and I, I, I think it's kind of absurd, um. Yes, you may have been in a conservative religion or you know conservative household, whatever, but but don't let it don't let it define you. Also, don't let others let it define you. Um, control who you are. <laughs> yeah, and and it 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 really is. And I I look forward to the day. Uh, obviously, I. I understand we're in a we're in a transitionary period right now and then I may not I may not see this during my lifetime, but I I think it's exciting that that we're we're moving to a state uh of, of being that, that you know, you can say you're gay, straight, bi, pansexual, asexual or whatever, and people are like, Okay, whatever that's not not dismissing it, but it's just it's it's a fact of life that not everyone is is heterosexual as As we've been led to believe. Heteronormativity is dead. (laughs) Right? (laughs) By the way, since
0: heteronormativity is dead... (laughs) Break.
5: You're listening to For What It's Worth. Brought to you by... For what it's worth, brand Automotors and Veterinary Health Clinic. When you think about car and pet care, think for what it's worth. Art not chores a hassle? Why, you need to get your pooch his shots and an oil change for your automobile. But the vet and the mechanic are separated by hundreds of yards. If only there was an easier way. Well, now there is. Our sufficiently trained technicians will get both your auto and your cat purring again in no time. Now you can get your hot rod and your dog fixed at the same time, likely by the same person. Car smashed when you hit a deer? Bring them both to us. For what it's worth, automotive and veterinary clinic. Free venison jerky with service for a limited time only. And now for this episode's secret message. Remember... You have to decode it and get it to Ruin Tugs as soon as possible. 18, 5, 19, 16, 6, 3, 20, 20, 8, 5, 8, 15, 20, 5, 12. Our boys need that message. Good luck.
0: All right, welcome back to the last segment, where we're going to try and do a lot of things and hopefully get it all done in the right amount of time. Ooh, So uh, we were kind of talking about, before we went to break, about how um, family has uh, impacted our guests' lives and uh, Mark's coming out, and just uh, kind of in general, how also it's affected um, our guests, they've sent in their emails. And I had some more insight to share. So I spoke with a psychologist. Now, they have a PhD in psychology uh, about this. Now, if you, if you remember when we announced this topic uh, in our previous episodes, uh, Rue said, well, why not the whole family? And I said, because it's so much more impactful to us when it's our parents. Like, your brother and sister are important to you, and we love them, but when it's your mom and dad, it's completely different. Uh, and this is, this is why it's because when we are brought into this world, we are literally, um, biologically speaking, of course, our parents' cells get together and become more cells and then we exist, right? So we are literally a part of our parents, but, uh, beyond the, the biological factor, we, on an instinctual level, and our society has evolved to support this, expect our parents to love us for who we are unconditionally, and we reinforce that in our social norms and our social mores. So what happens is when our parents, who we have, who tell us all the time, I love you, I love you for who you are, you're always going to be my child, or uh, whatever they tell us in a, in a typical developmental cycle, uh, when we come to them and say, there's this thing about me that is not what you expected, we're expecting that love for them, that unconditional love to be there. And when it's not there... It wrecks us emotionally. It does severe psychological damage to us. And a lot of people will find ways to deal with it by boxing up those emotions or setting them aside in some kind of fashion to where they can return to a sense of normalcy and control in their lives. But what happens is we then can have a wide variety of issues manifest. So we can have abandonment issues come out of that. We can have self-confidence issues come out of that. We can have self-hate come out of that. And this can manifest years after. We think we're fine with it. Um, for instance, uh, when I came out to my parents, I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait till they die and hope they get it. Um, which was fine. And then I realized 10 years after the fact, okay, this is not actually going to work. Um, and it's only been re- recent. I've been meditating about it and realizing how bitter I am, even though they've changed. And on the current path going forward is better that I have a lot of negativity and resentment from the past that I haven't wanted to face. Um, and everyone who has a negative coming out experience with their parents has this in some way, and they will carry it with them until they find a way to process through those feelings and eventually come to terms with the fact that Even though our parents say they love us unconditionally, that love might not necessarily be unconditional, and that's hard. That's very hard to deal with, Um, and typically you deal with it by getting mental uh, professional help, which is the best possible solution. Um, The worst possible solution is suicide, and that happens a lot too suicide rates are obviously much higher in the LGBT and of course t communities we've talked about transgender that's a separate topic Um, so uh, just realize that if you've had a negative experience and maybe you you do things and you you have a hard time maintaining certain kinds of relationships on an interpersonal level maybe you didn't actually deal with that particular important aspect of your life, if it was negative in a way that was allowing you to function normally now, because your parents do love you, but you need to cope with it. If they didn't accept you as gay, lesbian or bisexual and move through that so that you can have your life live normally. Am I making sense?
3: Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay, cool. Sorry. That was kind of, that's my soapbox, but, uh, Anyhow, um, that's what they were saying. And in Utah, it's especially prevalent uh, with the Mormon church being predominant, um, that there's a lot of that. And it doesn't help that there's a lot of um, – and in general, this is also just a, a very heavily religious culture, and they're all over the country. Um, that expectation – and people obviously talk shit about people who don't meet. Like if they don't go to church, and you know they're, they're not going down the right path when everyone else is. Um, it compounds. That whole scenario makes it worse. Um, So be there and love people if you've got the ability to do so. And realize that it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. And if you've been hurt, don't be afraid to talk about it. Be it to a professional or with someone you trust. Um, And go from there. Now, how do I transition out of this guy's... (laughs)
4: Because it's like super heavy serious.
2: (laughs) I'll say that... (laughs) Sometimes, I, I mean, I, I'm still going through it, you know? I mean, I, I don't want to turn it all to me. I know we're short on time, but seriously, like, I, this whole episode, I've been probably silent probably the most out of any episode whatsoever because it really hits me hard. And I'm probably the one that is struggling through this, you know? My, my family doesn't accept me, you know? They don't. They don't get it. They don't understand. Speaking into the microphone. So therefore, it's it's just difficult. It's it's hard to not be accepted. You know, to always you know feel like that your family is always going to be there for you, that they're always going to love you, and then when they find out, and then all of a sudden you're a stranger to them. That's hard. It's really hard, and it it's earth—it's just shattering for your personality of who you are. It's—it's it's difficult, and so I—I've been going through that. I've been, yeah. Anywho, so, <laughs> so
0: so we have to commend you, Flo, because you did not do. The, the wrong thing in this case. There's quite clearly the wrong reaction. And you did not do the wrong reaction. You did the best possible reaction. Unfortunately, your, your then-husband has decided to take the wrong reaction, which sucks a lot. Yeah. But you've heard these stories of, of our listeners that have sent in, and you've heard how these parents, in some cases, have been very negative. How, how do you feel hearing those stories? I do not understand it, honestly.
6: And... um. Mark has some extremely close friends, and his boyfriend's uh, parents have not dealt well with it either. And i I can't fathom it. How can you not love the child that you gave birth to? He's the same as he always was. It's just one aspect you found out about it. Like you find out he's a can play the cello like a master. You know, you didn't know that. okay? Well, <laughs> he's still him. It's just one additional facet. And that's with mark. he's he's still Mark. I can't imagine rejecting him. Because of sexuality. It makes no sense to me, whatever. I really have a hard time with those people. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So in summary, people are awful. (laughs) It's kind of true.
6: uh, Just a few particular women. (laughs) One tight ass little British bitch.
3: (laughs) Sorry.
0: It's okay. We'll enact rule one. No names.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I, I know we talked a little bit about this, but. Um, you were raised in, um, a religious environment. How has this, how has this affected you? Like, how has this affect your beliefs? Uh, Has it changed it at all? Has it, has it stayed the same? I mean, Oh, my
6: beliefs are completely different. Absolutely different. Um, I think struggling with this, um, trying to come to terms with what I've been taught my entire life and what I taught my children, with what I was now faced with, I I had to kind of deconstruct everything I'd ever known and come up with, okay, what do I know? What do I personally know for sure? And I know that Mark is a good person. I know he's a wonderful man. Um, I know that what the church taught me about gays was incorrect. Absolutely. So I kind of threw the religion out the window um, and started from scratch. What do I know? And it's still transitioning. I still don't know what I am. I'm not really in any uh, religion at all. Um,
0: Would you consider yourself agnostic then?
6: Yeah, probably. Pretty much. I'm not an atheist, but you know, there could be something out there. I'm not sure. But I do have a firm testimony, if you want to put it that way, that the church that I was raised in, that I believed in, is wrong. And, and that's kind of what it taught me. It's like, no, uh, what I know to be true and what they're teaching me are two different things. so so yeah, that that's changed for me.
2: so for for parents that, you know for for parents that, what am I trying to ask? i I, I want to know, like what are some what are some things that you would recommend to some of these parents that are struggling to talk accept? to other parents, oh my gosh, that was my lifeline. Just
6: finding these other women. Um, you know, over the internet, and I met a lot of them in person who were struggling with the same thing. Listen to their struggles. Listen to what they, you know, the conclusions they came to. And it was shocking to me at first when I reached out to these women that most of them had left the church. And that deeply shocked me. I really thought there was some way to make it all work. Um, But by talking to them, getting to know them, getting to know their kids... It was just a natural transition. I mean, talk to those other parents, damn it. They, they can teach you a lot, and you'll learn you're not. You're not the only one going through it.
0: it helps out there, for sure.
6: Absolutely. There are so many groups.
0: So the last question we have on, on, the, on the coming out topic is for you, Mark. Well, actually, no. We'll do it for, for both of you. How would you change? If you could go back in time and change anything, thing, how would you change how your coming out went down?
4: Um,
0: would you not have gone to the gas station, perhaps?
4: <laughs> i make it a
0: little more classy. Uh,
4: Benihana. Uh, can- a candlelight, yeah. Taking her on a cruise. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Oh, gay cruise. There we go. <laughs> Why are there only men here? I like this, but it seems strange.
6: I would well, love a gay cruise. That would be
4: awesome. I have something to tell you. Like most of the attendees here, I enjoy a good sausage. <laughs> I, I keep it classy um you know i probably would have come out earlier um been a little more sure of myself um because i was i was constantly questioning like you know am i am I making the right decision and then i'd start kind of at square one um trying to rethink through everything it's like is there something i missed um something i might have overlooked um something something new that has changed um, so so coming out sooner kind of being more true to myself not not hiding it um, it drives me crazy when people are out there like flaunting it in your face I'm like let's tone it down just a little bit you know <laughs> I'm 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 one who can be pretty flamboyant um, I'm I'm not saying that, that that's that's bad or good it's just it's a thing but but it just kind of gets on a nerve when you're when, flamboyant in the way that a Ferrari is a nice sports car. <laughs> like yes. that's very kind. Like, yeah. Does that make sense
6: though? Like <laughs> absolutely. Don't, that's it. On yeah.
4: But I guess it comes back to don't let it define you. And 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 so many of us have been in in such um you know closeted situations that that it's it's so freeing and and yet we're left with a what do I do now that everything that's defined us up to that point is kind of thrown out the window and we're left with a blank slate. Um, so it's okay. What do I do from here on out? And, and I think some people take that as, okay, well, let's, um, let me, let me look at what's, what's important to, to myself, you know, not, my worldview has changed, but, you know, core beliefs and values may still be the same. So t- looking at, at at morals, what you believe in, um, kind of getting back to your roots, um, is what I've found to be incredibly helpful. Um, so being, being true to yourself and, and not, not hiding it, kind of being proud of who you are. It's, it's not, it's not shameful. Um, and I, I think with the, the successes and, and the more public that this is becoming, and it's, it's not isolated, you know, bisexuality, homosexuality, and whatnot. It's, it's, not, it, it's not an isolated thing that, that there have been people over hundreds of years that, you know, they just had to hide in a closet or whatever. Julius Caesar was the only one who didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, okay, people in power who, who were able to... But Common Man, no. Yeah. No, exactly, exactly. But it it's we've been through rough times, and some coming outs may have been awesome. Some may have been awful. And at the end of the day, it's who can you be true to? Be true to yourself, and then let others come to terms with it. If they do, great. If they don't, whatever. Um, it, it's funny because RuPaul said something interesting. Um, gays are really the only ones who can pick their own family. So pick good ones. Having that social structure, and in, in many cases that, that we, we lose that coming out and, and you know the, the existing family that we know may not be there anymore because they've they've rejected us, so having that social structure that yeah, it's it's not your biological family, but in a way, it's your adopted family, and having that that support and and especially in the LGBT community where um, other people have similar stories, so you can kind of commiserate and how how have um, how have others dealt with with similar things, and kind of sharing sharing in that commonality, but, um, using each other to, to bolster you all up. I think that's, that's very important. All right. Flo, what would you have changed?
6: Um, I really wish that I could have changed my outlook so that he felt comfortable coming out to me earlier. Um, I could tell, especially through high school that he was in some pain emotionally, um, depression, anxiety, but I had no idea why, and I really think that was a lot of it was struggling with his sexuality. I can see that now. I couldn't then, so I really wished that I had been more open-minded and seen more, and that I could have helped him through that rather than maybe be a source of stress about it.
0: I hate that hindsight's <laughs> twenty twenty.
6: Yeah, I would have done so, so many true. things different. <laughs> it's
0: difficult. It's hard. So just in the interest of time, um, we're going to shift gears just a little bit here. So we said that you don't come out furry, but we have three emails about um, people who are like, well, I want to tell my parents that I'm furry because that's part of their identity. They want to identify that way, and that's cool. Um, So... um, One thing that
2: I do want to suggest before we do read these real quick, um, do do not... shove both of these to your family at the same exact time. Like <laughs> it's, it's already, you know, one yeah. hard pill to swallow. Um, you know, you don't need to, because if Handle if they it take it negatively, then what ends up happening is oh that furry fandom. They made you gay, <laughs> you know, Soul Train.
4: you get, yeah, no, exactly. You get the, the, the associative. Um, so by, by disconnecting them, um, don't don't link them together because, really, they aren't linked.
0: No, they, they should not. be different conversations. Yeah.
4: So um, if you uh, – I
0: don't know which, which one of you I is reading the next one. I came
3: out reverse to my dad. I came out furry, then a month later came out as being gay. So don't come out furry. <laughs> well, I admitted that I was a furry, furry yes. <laughs> All
0: right. Um, so we'll do Avalon's, then I've got uh, Maverick, and then Rue has Summers. And then we can – I'll comment on them. And basically what the question that we're going to get at is um, – What advice would you give to someone who wants to share their interest in furry with family or friends? And we can type back to these emails if if we want. So you can lead off whenever you're ready.
6: Avalon's email. Yep. Dear cast of For What It's Worth. Now I know what the podcast is called. I didn't really know.
0: It's called That One Thing. (laughs) I left it to the imagination
4: when I told her.
6: I knew it was a furry thing. Hi, my name is Avalon Cruz. I'm a Channel Island fox living in Sacramento. I'm a member of the sacfurs.com group, and I'm an active fursuiter in my community. I've been listening to the show for a few weeks now, and I gotta be honest, I'm hooked. This show is structured, it's factual, it's non biased, and it's a great source of information to keep people up to date in the furry fandom. I particularly enjoy your little nuances and sayings such as Rue's fortune cookie segment and phrases such as any whore that cracks me up and "calafato"
2: etc. Et <laughs> Whatever that one is.
0: We tried to combine Colorado and California.
2: <laughs> it's a great state. I, I highly recommend you visit it's, it sometime.
0: It's the trendy okay. part of Denver.
2: <laughs> I will try it. <laughs> oh, speaking of cookies, I just tried
6: Tim Tams for the first time and it was a religious experience. It's so good. Ooh. So thanks, Rue, for mentioning those on the show. Any whore. Yay, I said it. So I wanted to share my experience of coming out furry with you in the audience. So this all started early 2014. At the time, I had been out of military for only a few years, and unfortunately, the company I was working for went through some bad times, and I was laid off. Don't worry. In hindsight, it was a good thing, because that was one of those terrible jobs that puts people in early graves from stress-induced heart attacks. I suffered from PTSD and some other health problems after my time in the Navy, and the stress from that job made things infinitely worse for me. In the two years that I had been away from that job, I've lost 77 pounds, and most of my health problems have magically gone away. So getting laid off was a good thing in this case. So my wife, Avi Tiger, and I had to move in with my parents for a couple of months while I looked for work. And during that time, I was making preparations to go to my first con, BLFC 2014. The whole time I was having conversations about going to that con with my good friend Hex Husky, who is the person responsible for infecting me with the furry bug. So in passing and glancing at at my screen, my old man started noticing some things, like cartoon animal artwork and somebody with the last name Husky. He also noticed the plush toys that my wife and I slept with. I'm pretty sure this seems strange to my old man, but he wanted to know what was going on. But considering I'm in my 30s and he probably didn't want to approach this directly, Uh, he lamented to me that he started researching my behaviors, and that's when he discovered the furry fandom. Now, keep in mind that my dad is just as big of a tech geek as I am, and so he is one of those people who fully researches things, so it didn't take him long to figure out what was going on. So right before BLFC, my wife and I moved out of the house and up to Sacramento, where we live now. Immediately following BLFC, my old man dropped me an email asking the question, are you a furry? Now, keep in mind, I was pretty new to the fandom at that time, and I was still under the belief that being furry was some sort of taboo, bad fetish thing, and hadn't yet come to grips with the fact that there's nothing wrong with being a furry, so I was kind of embarrassed to respond. After putting it off a a response for a week, he asked again, so I just went ahead and spilled the beans. I told him everything, including my desire to fursuit, my massive plush toy collection, etc., I was so terrified that his reaction was going to be this horrible rejection and that he was going to give me the grow-up speech and blah, blah, blah. Boy, was I wrong. He told me that him and my mom were proud of me for being involved in a community of artists and they support me 100%. I was in utter shock. I did not expect such a positive and overwhelmingly supportive reaction. So I have a 12-year-old brother and he's an avid brony. My family recently visited and while they were here, I took them to our local furball. Ferbal. My good friend Wolf Stang brought one of his spare fursuits, and with Mom and Dad's permission, my brother tried it out and bowled with us. The look on his face afterwards was priceless. He was so blissfully happy. Now, all he can talk about is going to BLFC with me one day. I gave him one of our BLFC 2015 water bottles when he left, and Mom tells me that he only drinks out of this, and he refers to all beverages that go into it as a corporate-approved liquid. It's hysterical. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'll show you this after the show just so you good can understand thank you it.
6: <laughs> so i hope that my story will help some people out there struggling with the concept of coming out furry to your parents just keep in mind that your parents may not be as close-minded as you think they are just give them a chance they may surprise you thank you everyone at fwiw for running an awesome show and i hope that everyone has a wonderful thanksgiving holiday oh and somebody give ru a cookie because he probably wants one kind regards avalon cruz
0: Hello, Roo, Tugs, Koru, and whatever unlucky guests are stuck on the show. (laughs) I I love it. I just wanted to chip in from my perspective as a Catholic fur. So, being a Catholic, I do not hate gays, lesbians, bicycles, or any people of the sort. In fact, I love that some of my friends are bicycles. However, this does not mean they are right, but it also does not make them wrong. A man can be homosexual as long as he doesn't act out his homosexuality, a.k.a. have sex with another man. This doesn't mean I hate the person if they do it or act it out. I still love them. My mom once said, love the the sinner, hate the sin. So to sum it up, I don't hate gays or lesbians or any of those. I just dislike the way that something as beautiful as sex, cute perverted tugs joke, could be warped in a way that is only used for pleasure. Now on the topic of coming out, I believe the way you should come out should be dependent on your thoughts. Everything that being gay is a temptation for you. Simply tell your parents that you're struggling and want to know if they can help. If you think that you're fine being gay, just tell them outright and hope that they'll love you. Now, one last thing. I'm a new fur, a border collie, and I have no idea how to tell my parents I'm a fur. Yes, Tugs, I know you don't come out as a furry, but things like furries, bronies, and other things are touchy topics for my parents. I know that they will look up furry on Google just to see, and then I'll be screwed, so how do I go about that? The answer is you tell them to go to furry fandom on Wikipedia. Thanks for being great, guys. Your fan in bed with a cookie, Maverick you got the last one.
2: Okay. It says to the cast of for what it's worth. This is my first email. I just wanted to start off with introducing myself. My name is Jesse and I am a ferret both for Sona and Tharian. I have been listening to your show since the Halloween episode 2015 and went all uh, all back to listen to all of the older ones. And I have to say that you guys are one of my favorite podcasts. I have been in the fandom for about a year now. I joined when I was 13, younger um young than I'm a young one, I know. And have been drawing for as long as I can remember. Secondly, I know that this is off topic, but I just have to say when I was listening to Getting Your Paw in the Door, I freaked out when you played It's Murder. Anywhore, on topic, (laughs) it was on your website, and I saw that the next topic was coming out. I am bisexual, and I actually haven't come out to my parents yet because I am of young age and not very sure on how that they will take it. Both my parents are very, very religious and hate gay people. I'm not sure what to do about it. Should I leave it until I'm older to tell them? Thank you for taking the time to read my email, and I hope I'll write again soon. Gives Rue a cookie, playfully messes up um, Tugs' his fur, hugs Koru, pats the guest if there is one, and frolics away into the sunset.
4: Goodbye.
0: How did you? How did you tell your mom you were a furry? How did this happen? Real quick,
4: give give us the, the reader's digest. Uh, I think my boyfriend came over in his full fursuit. It was before that. Oh, was, I don't, <laughs> don't even remember. Don't you remember?
6: We were trying to make a husky suit in the basement. I, I was trying to help. He was trying to make his own husky suit, which really looked funny.
4: We were trying to. Well, we were trying to do the the werewolf thing for Halloween. Oh, was that it? I just remember it was it lots was of fur
6: everywhere and I, foam and.
4: I was so angry.
6: But yeah, then he, then he did come over in his his real husky suit and um terrified my dogs. And I oh. I still have pictures of, of me with him in his fursuit.
0: Did you Google it?
6: I Googled it, yeah. I'm so sorry. Well oh, I did took you have it, Safe Search on? I took it with a grain of salt, let oh, me put okay. it that way.
0: So you didn't have it on, but you were you knew you knew what the internet does to things.
6: Absolutely. They okay. sensationalize it. I, I've seen Law & Order. They had a couple of furry episodes. It's like, no. <laughs> Just a few. Just calm that down a little bit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so from a mother's perspective, even though everyone has a different relationship and dynamic with their children, what, what general kind of advice would you give to anyone who wants to share that kind of thing with their family or their parents? Like, I'm into this interest, be it furry or brony or whatever. What, what would you say to them?
6: Wow. It really does depend on the relationship, Yeah, but uh, maybe just, uh, I don't know, just commenting or showing something or, you know, little did I know when we were buying fake fur and trying to find out a way to make a hand, it was the beginning of knowing that Curtis and Mark were furry. (laughs) You know, it, it, it didn't have to be a huge, weird revelation. It's just a bit here and a bit there.
4: Your parents probably grew up with like Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes and whatnot. It's like, that's anthropomorphic.
2: Yes, exactly. It's it's all about how you present it. Like, if you go, like, I exactly agree with you. Like, if you go up to them and just say, hey, you know, like, I like Bugs Bunny and I like Tiny Tunes. Like, people ask about what is this convention about that you're doing or that you're a part of. And I'm just like, well, it's. You know, you like mascots, right? And they're like, yeah, I love mascots. Well, just think about a whole bunch of mascots gathering together. That's what the convention is. All
0: right. So before we move on to the game, do you have any final thoughts on coming out or sharing furry? Because now we're going to get silly. So this is the final thought moment.
6: (laughs) Just love people for who they are and what they are and quit being so damn judgmental. That That's my poignant. take on it. I
4: like that. <laughs> Poignant. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> All right. So,
0: before I push this next button, um, Phyto Paradox, Anthrodolphin, and Kilo, we do have your emails and we promised to read them this episode. But for times, we are going to hold them to the next episode. But I promise we have them. So, that means we're going to go to this button
4: Housekeeping. No housekeeping
0: it's time for housekeeping
2: yay it's that part of the show when we talk about things that we want you to know so tugs what do
0: we want them to know number one comment on the show site so it makes it look like people go and look at our show site also no one has commented on 100th episode you sent emails and told us things on twitter but no one's commented don't let me down also make sure that you comment on twitter
2: and tell i mean twitter and talk to us there. Also, check out on iTunes and comment on there and rate us. That definitely helps it, helps us out if you rate our episodes. Are you
0: something with a T or a P? What? Nothing. So, would you like to rape announce? Rape it with five stars. Yeah, rape it with five stars. So, would you, <laughs> like, would you like to announce the next episode?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. So, the next episode. You guys ready for this? Drum roll, please.
0: I have one.
4: Slow build up.
2: Why is Tugs blue? That's that's it, right?
0: That is terrible. <laughs>
2: it's there. Why is he so fluffy? No, okay. Alright. You forgot. No, I didn't. You forgot. No, I didn't. What
0: is it then? Then Why are you looking it up? Yeah, why are you unlocking your iPad and putting in your password? I
2: know exactly what it is. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. He's he's, he's commenting on the
0: episode. Your name just came back into the show notes and disappeared.
2: (laughs) Well, it's that time of year. It's holidays. So we want to know what you're grateful for. Are you grateful for cookies? Are you grateful for fuzzy blue things that sit next to me and hit me once in a while?
0: Oh, and i got to be inclusive of the holidays.
3: Yay! Oh, my god! Thank you.
2: So what June do we cut. want to hear from them?
0: Let us know what you're grateful for because, like we always say, this is the time of year where people go, give me stuff, and I'm over that. So tell us what you appreciate in your life, and then tell us what you want to have happen to you next year. Awesome. And yeah, and send us lots of silly things.
2: So, anything else in the housekeeping?
0: Yes. We, as always, want to thank our wonderful support staff. We want to thank Kuru for doing all the setup, cable management, and lovely things. We couldn't do the show without him.
2: And we also want to thank our amazing announcer, Firebreath, yes. for giving us all the silly intros to the show.
0: And for giving us Tim Hortons.
2: <sighs> Please send more. And once again, we want to thank our guests for coming on to the show. Thank you, both of you.
6: Thank you for having us. This has been interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh, also been pretty cathartic.
4: It's wow. Coming on and coming out.
2: (laughs) That's true. So, this has been Rue.
4: This is Tugs. And Kuru. And Markaroo. And Flo. And this has been, for, for
3: what, what it's, it's worth. worth. Oh, they both
4: didn't do it. Yes, and,
3: they get to do
0: it together. And Steven. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to say the show name. Oh. Every second of this is recorded and put in the production. For yes. what? It's for what it's worth. worth.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that was wonderful.
2: I like Pete uh. <laughs>
4: <laughs> He does too.